0: Hi, this is Matt Shaw, pastor at City Lift Church. If you're in the Fort Lauderdale area, we'd love for you to come visit us on a Sunday sometime or join us online, CityLift.Church. We hope today's message fills you with courage and helps you on your spiritual journey. We exist just to help people meet, know, and follow Jesus. Enjoy today's message. All right. Merry Christmas, everybody. Best time of the year. How many of you know the peace of God many times feels elusive? like unwrapping this present, and it's not what we expected, but it's still incredibly valuable. $50 was still worth the frustration, right? It wasn't what he expected when he started unwrapping, okay, but it's still valuable. I think so many times in our life, the peace of God is elusive. It takes some unwrapping. It takes some, wait a minute, where am I at? Maybe it wasn't what I thought it was going to be, but it's still a very valuable thing in my life. This morning, I want to teach and preach on the peace of God. The peace of God is initiated at Christmas, and I'm really excited to jump into that. Would you join with me, and let's pray really quick before we jump into God's Word today. Heavenly Father, thank you for your Word. Thank you for the Christmas season, God. We're just grateful to be in your house. Lord, we just want to open up our heads and our hearts right now and receive from your word. We want to just pull on it this morning, and God, we want it to refresh our lives. We want your peace, in Jesus' name, amen. Amen. If you have your Bibles, or you could follow along here this morning, I want to begin by looking at Luke chapter two. I'm going to take a moment to sit down. Luke chapter two, and this is peace initiated. I'd like to start reading in verse eight. It says, there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them. And they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. And this will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. Suddenly a great company of heavenly hosts appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace to those on whom... His favor rests. Heaven is signifying and saying peace to people on whom His favor rests. Christmas is peace initiated. One of the fascinating things, uh, as I was studying this week, is at the time of Christ there was a lot of conflict happening. There's a lot of turmoil. Right. So so, you know, several hundred years before that, you had kind of the Greek uh, Empire kind of conquer the whole area. And after them came the Roman Empire and they conquered the whole area. And there was just a ton of conflict Um, and there was just no peace. In fact, at the time of Christ, there was a common saying and it was if you want peace, prepare for war. Isn't that an interesting? It was like a common saying that, that the Romans would throw around. If you want peace, prepare for it. In other words, the only way to get peace is have conflict and, and win. And so it was a time of really great turbulence. And here you have heaven saying, peace has been initiated. Peace is coming. And yet we don't have Jesus riding in on a chariot or with an army. But he comes, God comes as a helpless baby in a manger. And yet the angels are shouting, hey, guess what? Peace has been initiated. How how can this be? Peace in my relationship with God. Peace with others. Peace in my heart. Peace in my mind. Peace with my past, my present. Peace for my future. Peace with the promises of God. Peace with the pain I've experienced. Peace with the things I can't control. Come on, somebody. Peace with my spouse. Peace with my kids. A peace overflowing. What is God's peace? Because it does have some nuance. It has some different angles. Well, the most common way peace is used in the Bible talks about a loving, committed relationship with God. In other words, everything has been made right with God. I've got peace or this loving, this well-being in my relationship with others. It also talks about, the, of course, the Hebrew word is shalom. Probably many of us know that. And it literally speaks to our well-being. When God says peace to you, it's like, hey, well-being, flourishing, this, this essence of prospering or doing well. And a lot of times in the Bible, it's used as the antithesis to harm. So, so what is shalom? It's the opposite of harm. It's God's favor. It's his goodwill. It's, it's spiritual. Um, here's what peace is, is not. It's not just emotional. I think a lot of times when we begin to talk about the topic of peace in the modern world, people are like, oh, isn't that cute? Sweet Christians, you believe in a sweet emotion. Isn't that awesome? Peace is much more than just good feelings and goosebumps and good vibes. And I I do think God's peace will impact your emotion, but it's not just emotional. So when I talk about peace, in fact, this might be one of my biggest pet peeves when we talk about hope and peace, we are not just preaching emotion. We're preaching something very deep, very spiritual, something very powerful, something that kind of goes past just a mindset and, and emotions. This morning, uh, it will calm the emotions, but but it's it's much more. Uh, this piece is also not manufactured; it doesn't originate from humans. It comes from heaven, and I want to put this in your head and your heart today. This is this isn't just something that you and I manufacture through meditation. Okay, which I believe in calming down and. Breathing, and, and I've been practicing this new th- thing, it's, it's called box breathing. You breathe in for four seconds, you hold it for four seconds, you breathe out for four seconds, and you hold again. And I'm like, listen, if you have twin toddlers, you'd practice box breathing too, okay? Like there are times where I'm like, okay, I need to just breathe for a second. So I believe in calming my mind, but this is much more than a manufactured thing that humans do. This is something heaven has in- initiated, right? Uh, peace isn't just the absence of problems. God, give me a peace-filled life. We think that means that I'll never have any problems or I won't have any conflict. How many of you know, if you've been following Jesus for a while, that sometimes the presence of Jesus doesn't always mean the lack of a storm? But also, the presence of a storm doesn't mean the lack of Christ. Christ can be in your boat with you as you experience the storm. Amen. And so just because you're going through a problem doesn't mean you lack the presence of Christ this morning. In fact, I think if he's with you, right, that's, that's all you need. Peace is the presence of Christ. Uh, what, what is peace? Well, it is a divine gift. It is actually a divine gift. It is something heaven has initiated. It can be received or unwrapped like we saw this morning. You can live in it. You can walk in it. You can experience the dynamic of it, right? Peace is something God wants you to have. I want to unwrap some scriptures here for us this morning in the next 10 minutes, and and there's a number of scriptures. We're just going to go through it, and later I'm going to give you like this card. It's kind of like your cheat sheet, okay? I'm going to give you these scriptures so you can put it in your Bible. Maybe you can put it on your mirror or your fridge or in your car, maybe in your desk at work, whatever it is. I'm going to give you some of these scriptures because I want you to reference this back as a church, okay? Because I want to get this on the inside of us all this morning. But let's unwrap peace a little bit because it is an elusive thing sometimes. I think a lot of times in the church world we're like, hey, you know, God's peace or I'm at peace. And what does this even mean? What are, we, what are we talking about? In fact, as I was studying this last week, I realized I've never taught a message quite like I am going to teach today. And so give me 10 more minutes, 20 more minutes of your mind here and let's unwrap peace. Is that, is that cool? Y'all tracking with me so far? Let's unwrap God's peace together. 1 Thessalonians 5, watch this, says God himself, the God of peace. So they're really saying God is the God of peace. Isaiah 9, 6, For to us a child is born, a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders. His name will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Jesus is the Prince of Peace. 2 Thessalonians chapter 3, says, the Lord of peace. Think about that. He's God of peace. He's the Lord of peace. He's the Prince of peace. Isaiah 54 says, though the mountains shaken and the hills removed, my unfailing love on you will not be shaken, nor my covenant of peace. God has made a covenant of peace with you. It's part of of his covenant with you. Isaiah 26, God established peace for us. All that we've accomplished, you've done for us. God established peace in our lives through Christ. Ephesians 6, with the the feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. We preach a gospel of peace. He's the God of peace, Lord of peace, Prince of peace, right? He he came to give us peace. We preach this gospel of peace. Peace is all over the nature of God. Romans 5.1, we've been justified through faith. We now have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Through Jesus, we have peace with God. So when we talk about this well-being, this, this state of our existence of relationship, we're talking Christ making a way with this peace with God. Romans 14, one of my personal favorites. The kingdom of God is not a matter of eating and drinking, but of righteousness, peace, and joy. One-third of God's kingdom is peace. How, how much of God's kingdom is reigning in, in your life, right? Righteousness, peace, and joy. Peace is a third of God's kingdom. When Christ comes and he establishes who he is in someone's life or someone's community, peace is a phenomenal byproduct of the Holy Spirit working. Uh, Galatians 5, the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace. The Holy Spirit is producing peace in us this morning. The Lord gives strength to his people. Psalm 29, God blesses his people with peace. God wants to bless you with peace. Some of you probably never thought about that. You know Why is it so crazy? Why is it so turmoil? Well, God wants to bless you with peace this morning. John 14, peace I leave with you. My peace I give you. Jesus gave you his peace. In fact, he died to give you his peace. Isaiah 53, it says the punishment that brought us peace was on him. Christ was beaten and, and killed and slain to give you peace. When you get a realization that Christ died to give me peace, it gives you a little bit more motivation to say, you know what, I am going to walk in God's peace because this, this cost Christ everything to give me peace. So I'm going to go after it a little bit. It's something he wants me to, to have. He's blessing me with it. He, he died to give me his peace. 1 Corinthians 14, God is not the author of confusion but of peace. God is writing peace on the pages of your life. He's not writing confusion in your mind and in your soul. He's writing peace on the pages of your life. 2 Thessalonians 3, The Lord of peace himself give you peace at all times in every way. The Lord be with all of you. Peace is possible because God is present with me. Wow, what a thought. Peace is possible even in the storm because he's in the boat with me. He's present. Colossians 3, let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, right? You were called to be peace, or you were called to peace and be thankful in in Colossians. God wants this peace to rule in my life. Isn't it interesting that God correlates thankfulness with peace? Sometimes it's just choosing to say, God, I thank you for all the good things and not keeping my mind on all the negative things. Isn't life such a mixture of good and bad at the same time? It's never always good, and it's rarely always bad. There's always something I can thank God for and be grateful for and live at peace with, right? And there's always something I can be frustrated for. So I want to kind of get over on the side of thankfulness and be like, God, I thank you. These are the good things in my life. And I can be, I can be at peace even in the middle of the challenges that I do face. Romans 8, the mind governed by the flesh is death, but the mind governed by the Spirit is life and peace. When my mind is governed by the Holy Spirit, peace is the result. That not that interesting, a mind governed by the Holy Spirit? Isaiah 26, you'll keep in perfect peace those whose minds are steadfast because they trust in you. I can have peace when I trust God, is what Isaiah is saying. Romans 15, 13, the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him. When I trust Jesus, peace is the byproduct. Can I just be honest in my own life? 90% of the times when I'm not at peace, it's this right here. It's because I've chosen not to trust Jesus with something. Because when I don't have control, I can always choose trusting Jesus. And and if I can pass to you for a moment, I'm willing to bet most of the time when you're not at God's peace, when you're not living in God's peace, it's because you've chosen to pick up the problem and simply not trust Jesus. Well, Pastor Matt, if, if I don't worry about it, who's going to worry about it? Okay, like, that's what Jesus wants that, right? He said, cast all your cares on me because I care for you. Instead of picking up the worry and living in the anxiety and doing all the stress, what if, what if you trusted Jesus in the process and said, God, I'm going to hand this thing over to you, and I'm going to trust you with it. The frustrating thing about life is there's so much in life you and I can't control, right? Like there's a lot of things we just don't get to control, and that's a frustrating thing because I like things that I can control. Anybody like me, you like things that you can control, right? Like, like I'm a control, not a f- control freak, but I like it when I can control it, right? Like I get to make it just the way I want it, and I, and I like that. But there's a lot of things in life. Most of my life, I don't get to control. I can do everything I can. I want to do everything I can. I'll, I'll give it my best. But I don't get to control the outcome. Guess what I get to do? I get to trust Jesus. Guess what you get to do with all the things you can't control? You get to trust Jesus as I do that peace is the result uh, in my life. Philippians 4 don't be anxious about anything but in every situation prayer and petition with thanksgiving present requests to God's and watch this verse 7 and the peace of God which transcends understanding is going to guard your heart and your mind. So so when I pray about it guess what? Peace is the result. When I choose to pray, peace is The result, which goes to kind of say, if I don't trust Jesus and I choose not to pray about it, perhaps stress and anxiety will be more of the result. It's interesting. There was a study and they found that Gen Z is one of the most anxious, stressed out generations ever in human history, which was which is kind of kind of sad, you know. And I just thought, man, but I also wonder, like, have have we done our job as a church to tell a generation, hey, instead of choosing anxiety, you can choose trust and you can pray. And we've seen God come through again and again and again. I don't know about you, but I like talking to older Christians sometimes. Because they're like, man, God brought me through this and this, and he did that, and he came in here, and he showed up there. And after talking to them, I'm like, oh, yeah, it builds my faith. Because I'm like, God, if you did it for them, you can do that for me. And they've faced life, they've faced the world, they've faced the battles, and they've overcome. And you said that I'm an overcomer in Christ as well. And so, guys, let's do a good job as a church to tell the next generation, here's what God did here. God did this in my marriage, and God did this in my mind, and he did this with my money, and he helped me here, and he gave me that. It's like, let's tell people what God has done. Amen? And so, peace is the result when I, when I choose, choose to pray about it. Um, let, let me go on. I'm, I'm going to keep unwrapping. Y'all with me a little bit? I know I'm teaching. I know it's, sl- it's a little slower, but there's there's so much to, to God's to God's peace. Okay. Um, let me see here. Where, where, where did I leave off here? When I trust trust Philippians. There we go. Okay. Um, w- watch this. Philippians 4:9. Whatever you've learned or received or heard from me, put it into practice, and God's peace will be with you. Watch this. Peace comes when I when I apply God's word. Peace comes when I put it into practice. God's word. First Peter three, turn from evil, do good, seek peace and pursue it. Peace often comes when I turn from evil. Wow, what, what a thought. Job, Job 20, submit to God and be at peace with Him. In this way, prosperity will come to you. Peace comes when I submit to God's ways. And, I, and I'm at peace with him. I, I, I submit to him. Psalms 30, 34. If you love life and desire to see many good days, keep your tongue from evil and your lips from telling lies. Turn from evil, do good, seek peace, and pursue it. Peace comes when I learn to control my mouth. Oh, how many times have we created like, you know, discord, and we've chosen to leave peace because we can't control our own mouth? And if you're married, you know that's like true right? Like, like you know nine times out of ten, it's our mouth that gets us in trouble, right? We, we create scenarios that are often very not filled with peace because of our mouths. More peace can come when I learn to control my mouth and, and, and not, just, not just, like, fly off the handle. Psalms 37, the meek will inherit the earth, and they shall delight themselves in an abundance of peace. Uh, peace can come when I don't always demand my own way. All right, let me, let me go back to marriages, okay? Like, 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 like how often do we, do we demand our own way in life or maybe at the office or, or in scenarios and we don't, have, we don't have peace? Meekness is not weakness. Meekness is controlled strength. Meekness is like I could get it, but I don't have to demand my own way. Because out of love and honor, what do you think? Hey, we can do what you want. You know What are you, what are you guys up to? Let me just serve that. You know, I think, I think meekness has kind of been taught as weakness. Oh, I'm just meek and I don't ever want anything. No, it's not. It's not like, but, but there's also peace can be created when I choose not always to have my own way. Right? If I fought my wife over every issue, there'd be no peace in our house. We don't agree on everything. So meekness is needed. Jesus says if you're, if you're willing to be meek, you can have a lot of peace, actually, in your relationships. Okay, I'll stop meddling now. Let me go on. Um, so the Bible says in Psalms 119, great peace of those who love your law. When I love God's law, I have peace. Isaiah 32, work of righteousness will be peace. When I do the righteous thing, I have peace. There've been so many times in my life where I'm like, God, I, I don't have the outcome. I don't have control, but I've chosen to obey you. And I'm going to get a huge sense of peace from that. I can't control the outcome, but I do control my obedience. And as I choose obedience, peace is the result around me, and it's, it's, in my, it's in my heart. Amen? Um, Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. Matthew 5, 9. We're called to make peace and not conflict. We are peacemakers. And when we do, we kind of reap back a lot of peace when we choose to be peacemakers. Isn't it amazing how a kind word, a loving word, a listening ear creates a lot of peace in our relationships? Uh, Hebrews 12, 14. Make every effort to live Uh, at peace with everybody. We're called to make a real effort to be at peace with each other. That's hard to do. You ever been offended? You ever been wronged? Oh yeah, you know, heck yeah, right? We're called to just try to make that little extra effort to talk to the person, to forgive that person, to hug that person, to take them out for coffee, you know, whatever, you know, and it's hard to do, but us as followers of Christ, we're gonna make that extra effort. Psalms 37, 37, a few more for us. Consider the blameless, observe the upright, a future awaits for those who seek peace. Watch this. When I seek peace, it builds my future. You, you can't build a future off conflict and selfishness and, you know, backbiting. But, boy, you can build a future off of peace this morning. Uh, Proverbs sixteen seven. just a, a few more. When the Lord takes pleasure in anyone's ways, he causes even their enemies to make peace with them. I can live in such a way that God will even start dealing with some of my enemies to be at peace with me. Isn't that amazing? Ephesians 4 Unity is built by peace. It says, make every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit through the bond of peace. Proverbs 12, 20, deceit is in the heart of those who plot evil, but those who promote peace have joy. We are called to promote peace, and joy is a great byproduct. Psalms 34, 14, turn from evil, do good, seek peace, and pursue it. We pursue peace. We run after it. It's a little elusive, but we chase it. We're, We're after it in our relationships. John 16:33 I'm going to wind down with this one. Jesus says, "I've told you these things so that in me you may have peace. In this world you're going to have trouble, but take heart, I have overcome." the world. At this time, I'm going to have Matt and Sabrina pass out these cards because I want to give it to you. And again, I want I want you guys to have this. This is a little gift for you today. Um, and, and I want you to stick this in your Bible. I want you to put this on your mirror. I want you to put this on your fridge, especially those of you that maybe are dealing with a little bit of anxiety. You're dealing with a little bit of stress. Uh, maybe it's hard for you to kind of control a few things. And you're like, why don't I see more of God's peace in my life? Well, this is, this is some of it, right? We've unwrapped some of the messaging here this morning. And as they do that, I want to wind down with this illustration. How many of you are World Cup fans? A few of us. Okay, so the World Cup is happening. And so I brought a soccer ball here for us this morning as an illustration. Um, and and I, think, I think we're in the quarterfinals right now of the World Cup. And I, The last few years, I've started following it a little bit more. I, I think just the energy behind it all. Uh, is, is just kind of inspiring, right? I, I grew up uh, you know, in Indiana, so I'm a basketball, kind of football, kind of, kind of player. But over the years, I've really come to kind of enjoy it. Uh, I was in Costa Rica once when Costa Rica, this was years ago, I think where they got in the final eight, and I remember the whole city like, shut down. It was crazy. I mean, I've never seen anything like it. And I was like, man, just you have to enjoy the energy uh, that, comes, that comes with it. Um, but how many of you know if, if I press on the soccer ball, like it'll compress but it's not going to collapse. Why won't it collapse as I compress? Because it has something on the inside that's pushing back. Amen? Y'all know where I'm going with this one? A ball that is completely deflated, when I compress it, it's going to collapse. But a believer with the Holy Spirit on the inside I can press on it, life can push on it, the devil can beat on it, but it's never going to break. In fact, as a believer, when you got the Holy Spirit on the inside, I could lose every battle from year 40 to year number 80, however long I live, and I still won't lose the war. Why? Because Jesus has won the war for you. He said, I've overcome the world. I've overcome death, hell, and the grave. You could spend the next 40 years of your life losing. You are still going to die and go to heaven and win forever. Come on, somebody. That's some, good, that's some good news. I'm not planning on losing every battle for the next 40 years, but even if I do, I am still going to win. You cannot ultimately defeat a believer because it is Christ's victory inside of me that when life pushes. The Holy Spirit pushes back. I don't care how much I push on this ball. It's not going to collapse because something is in the inside. And there have been times in my life where I'm like, God, I can't take the pressure anymore. And I've just felt the Holy Spirit say, son, why don't you just sit back in the chair and let me push back a little bit on this thing. Come on, guys. Now I'm starting to preach a little bit. Like, there is something on the inside of you that will push back. When your mind can't take it anymore, when your emotions can't take it anymore, when you can't stand your boss anymore, the Holy Spirit is going to push back. There is life on the inside of you that cannot be crushed. And all you got to do sometimes is just say, God, I give this thing to you. I need the power of the Holy Spirit to push back in my life, and I give this thing over to you. Why don't you do some heavy lifting? And God has never failed to do that. How do I stand here still in one piece at 40? A lot of it is the Holy Spirit. And when I can't take it, I'm like, well, I'm going to check out, and I'm going to let you check in. Because while I'm resting, you're still working. God has never slept. He's never missed a deadline. And I just, he hasn't intended to start with me. Amen? And so I'm going to let him push back a little bit. But you cannot be, if you leave with anything today, leave with those scriptures and know that you cannot be ultimately defeated. You just cannot take a Christian out totally. It just cannot be done. Why? Because Christ and he's won the victory for me. So even if I lose the battle, I've already won the war. We fight from victory, not just for victory. We fight from peace, not for peace. His peace has been given, and I can live in it right now in the middle of a storm. I can have the presence of Christ in the middle of a presence of storm. And like the psalmist said, hey, man, right in the middle of my enemies, you've made a banqueting table for me. You're with me, and I have your peace. I want to close today and pray over you from Numbers chapter 6. It's kind of called the priestly prayer, and it's the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face toward you and give you peace. If you just received that, say amen this morning and amen. Thanks again for checking out our podcast. If you enjoyed it, please subscribe. Share with a few friends. Thanks for helping us make Jesus famous right here in South Florida. Again, if you're in the Fort Lauderdale area, we'd love to see you sometime. Or as always, visit us online, Lift. Church. Have an amazing night.